0: Hello and welcome to the Christmas special of This Is CD. My name is Gerry Scullin and I'm a designer, educator and the host of This Is CD, based in the wonderful city of Dublin, Ireland. I've just returned from a Christmas weekend with my family and I'm now officially excited about having some time off. Before I jump into this episode with our special guest, I'm not gonna tell you who it is just yet, I wanna give a shout out to a few people who've really helped make a difference to my life this year. First of all, I'd like to give a shout out to all the sponsors who ran ads with us, became patrons, hired me to train or coach teams through This Is 8 CD. This is part of how I keep my head above water, folks, and that's how I can keep producing this podcast. I'd like to personally thank a few people, though, as it is the season for reflection and gratitude, I find. First of all, I'd like to thank Lisa, who's my EA, who works with me and makes everything happen work-wise absolutely would be lost without Lisa. Lisa is truly awesome. I'd like to pay a special thanks to the editors of this podcast. They are absolutely phenomenal and they help do great turnarounds on the podcast and help me make me sound a little bit better than I actually am in reality. And some of my close friends and mentors, Jacob Schneider, or Jakob Schneider as I like to say, Adrian Tan and Rachel Dicas for being awesome friends and supporters of all that I do. They really encourage me to keep going And helping me find the strength to continue doing what I do. And of course, lastly, uh, but not least, my wife, Vicky, who provides me with all the love in the world and the support and the encouragement as well. And of course, to you, the listener, the person who none of this would be possible if you didn't listen and help share the podcast out to people that you you work with and people that you respect and want to hear as well and might find some value in what we're talking about here in the podcast. None of this would be possible without you. So thank you so much for all that you've done. And thanks again for everything. And and, I'm signing off now for 2022 with many more incredible episodes lined up. Honestly, I've got a a, a huge roster already locked in for the first three to four months on this podcast. If you like what we do, folks, it really goes so far. If you become a patron, it really helps us out with uh, the hosting and the editing of the podcast. Now. This episode. Any idea who it is, who the special guest might be? I'm going to give you a clue. They are truly awesome. Okay, that's not so much of a a clue. Most of the people I have on this podcast I find are awesome. But this person is one of my design heroes. Okay, and they wrote a great book about two years ago. It's bright orange. The book is called Good Services. So, folks, you should have guessed it by now. It's Lou Down. So, let's jump in and let's hear all the, the wacky things that we spoke about in this episode i hope you enjoy it folks have a great one and see you at the start of january it's the christmas special i don't have any christmas music lined up to go alongside this but i probably put put some jingle to it we've got the one and only sarah drummond on the show today oh no <laughs> oh hang on a second I'm joking it's lou down folks <laughs> Lou down This is our. This marks our third, maybe fourth, Christmas where we have had catch-up time at the end of the year. And I remember not the last Christmas, the Christmas before, we caught up at about ten in the morning, and I said at about two o'clock I need to go to the bathroom because we've been <laughs> speaking for four hours, <laughs> and I can't. catch-up Yeah. It's, it's kind of like as a warning to anyone just li- listening into this conversation. This isn't going to be a standard podcast, folks. This is going to be include warts and all, okay, meandering conversations. But I remember at that time, the conversation rapidly moved from Mick Hucknall to inclusivity and to accessibility, to services, to the British government, to the Irish government, to the US government in about three minutes. Um, And I was like, wow, this is going to be one of those conversations that I need to lie down after. I need to lie down, loo down, I need to loo down. (laughs) Lie down. I mean,
1: most of my conversations start with Mick Hucknall, so um, I'm glad that we managed to move on from that.
0: I don't don't know how we, I think, I think it might have been Adam Lawrence might have tweeted something about Mick Hucknall once. And I was like, hey, don't don't smash him I said uh I'm, I'm actually kind of a big fan and then you chimed in so so am I <laughs> no one else this on might be how internet. we ended
1: up first talking I don't know our shared love of Mick us <laughs>
0: you you actually went to see Simply Red last year in the summertime you and Sarah 10, yeah, yeah 10 This year oh.
1: in Taunton, we went to go and see Mick. H- well, I say Mick, Mick and Simply Red. Yeah, uh, the experience that is in uh, yeah in a park in Taunton. And it 31. was brilliant. He can still I was, sing.
0: He, can still sing. He,
1: he really, honestly, he can really yeah, sing. And incredible vocalist. Like, he's also quite a nice guy. Like you know, the, you, you don't get the impression. I don't know with, yeah. with anyone these days. You have to Google them, right, and work out. You know, like put their name plus controversy before you say anything <laughs> positive about them, yeah. just to make sure he's not said anything weird because you never know. You never know. But like he, he was dropping in some things about unions. You know, some some things about you know cost of living crisis. I was yeah. like, oh, that's a yeah, nice one. He does have a voice.
0: <laughs> he well he he um. From recollection, and this is where if there's any Simply Red fans listening in who are diehard, um, they may have to correct me on this one. But from recollection, I think his mum died at a young age and he lived with his father and they had literally no money. They were on mm. the breadline as far. You know, money was too tight to mention. <laughs> Cutbacks um, was a thing that you know he wrote <laughs> that time <laughs> um so yeah he, he's he, he comes from, he's, he's not from wealth so he, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's worked his way up and i love yeah. stories like you know
1: i i also another simply read fact he wrote for your babies which is like a song oh, about yeah, like, song. fatherhood and children uh, very emotive yeah. when he was 21 and didn't have yeah. children which is really like yeah mind-blowing to me like that someone 21 would write this like basically love song to their children like bef- before they he wrote a them. lot of the
0: hits for young that was the mm. thing like when when I think I watched something on YouTube and really he um he found his voice really young like you know he really hit that kind of that sort of rich patch I don't know when I was it must be in the mid 80s. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um
0: yeah. when when he was floating around because my older brothers were into him. And then uh you know he was huge in Ireland like absolutely massive. Um but anyway, let's move on from Mick. People are probably going like, <laughs> to see to uh
1: Simply Red chat.
0: <laughs> yeah. the Human Centered Design Network and we are talking about you know our love for Mick Hucknall and Simply Red. <laughs> But Lou, let's, let's maybe, I will remain and retain host uh, privileges on this, on this podcast, even though people may question my ability. What's, what's this year been like for, um, for yourself?
1: Oh, that is a good question. Um, yeah. What's this year been like? Uh, busy, I think, I don't know. I think I, I I probably feel very similar to a lot of other people in that this year is the first year that things have felt not back to normal Mm. but at a similar pace to what they were before and i started the school of good services like literally in the middle of a pandemic (laughs) um so i don't know what normal looks like uh normal to me is basically delivering eight hours of training on zoom every day uh that's, that's that's my new normal but this year um yeah it's been interesting um lot lots more people sort of finding out about good services lots more people wanting help with it which is brilliant um yeah life stuff has been big as well Sarah and I've moved to Devon yeah <laughs> which i've still not quite come to terms with <laughs> a very very that. old old house that comes with free bats uh and uh, oh, three free, free also free death watch beats. Bats
0: with the wings by the way not bats like you hit people with or hit baseballs with
1: yeah i mean no and you definitely can't use one type of bat against another type of bat that's absolutely illegal.
0: Oh, really? yeah there's no, <laughs> no restrictions on moving bats then you can't people kind of go oh you just smoke them out oh my god
1: jerry seriously this is absolutely triggering for me for anyone who's (laughs) read the book knows that there is a a diagram there's one diagram in the book right i allowed myself one diagram because hell is other people's diagrams but there is one diagram that shows like how to name a service and Hmm. the example is how do you move bats so, oh, so like okay, it starts right. with like yeah. I want to convert a barn as this big task that you want to do on the left hand side. And wow. then like the wildlife mitigation license on the other side, which is what you need to do yeah. to move bats. And in the middle is the thing that your user thinks exists as a service, which is moving bats. And I am that the user now. Like it's I am the person who's having to move bats and I do not yeah. To. Like, I yeah. Or did I create it? Who knows? Did I manifest this for myself?
0: <laughs> why didn't you why didn't you put something in there like you know Lou has a million pounds and uh, that's the service that we're trying to name <laughs> yeah. why didn't you put that in the book yeah <laughs> I, I, I do remember you actually telling me this like you know um anyone on the newsletter will have seen a photo of myself and Lou and trust me that was the best photo of a bad bunch. Um,
1: <laughs> there were some interesting facial expressions pulled on that
0: walk. I didn't take any photographs. I took one, us having a coffee, and I was like, "Oh, actually, you know what? That's probably a step too far." Like, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of tongues, uh coming out of heads, uh and we were like, "No, we couldn't show that." But um, we did speak it about that. Sound out.
1: really dubious, <laughs> <genius>, Jerry?
0: <laughs> no, but we were just <laughs> guess, sticking her and like sticking our tongue back like that kind of jobby, but. I, I, I do remember you telling me that story and I was like, wow, that is really crazy to be so specific in a book. And then two years later, it's probably, is it a two years? The book's probably about yeah. two years old now. Yeah, 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 um, 2020. God, that, that actually seems, in some ways it seems older. Do you know what I mean? It does <laughs> seem, because like, I have no concept of time anymore um, over yeah. the last 2 or 3 years obviously like it's so Stephanie flown but for me it's 5 years like since we've 5 years this April we're back from Australia mm. um so I have zero concept I just look at little milestones before that and then I'm like oh, okay so i when when did you write the blog post or the the, the, the twitter f- thing happened because i remember that yeah. i was in australia when the twitter thing happened and then I, I think was, was 20 that was
1: 2019 I think it was twenty twenty sorry twenty twenty eighteen I think. Yeah, I don't know. The book was pretty fast to write. To be honest, so I wrote it in about six months.
0: Well, it's font um, twenty four, so there's a font like there's only no about five hundred words in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I mean like it was a it was a funny one. Though. I think well like the you know it's a, it's a it's a cliche, but like once once you sort of start writing something that you've been thinking about for such a long time you don't Mm. realize that you've been thinking about it for such a long time and all of this stuff just sort of comes out um but then having said that there were i think about five thousand typos in the book when it was first published so (laughs) thank you to to everyone who's listening who contributed typos to my publisher Uh, and afterwards yeah yeah the first the first edition and the second
0: edition both I have the have first edition here have a video i might do i might just release the video real star wars christmas time <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me there's five thousand typos in this book I, there is definitely some because <laughs> I, I, i've spotted but um can't you just? Oh, you're exaggerating. Obviously, five thousand type
1: There, you know? well, there were a lot, and then there were a lot that ended up in the book and uh claire who is a really good friend and brilliant sub-editor did her absolute level best but i remember her saying well i also like how how bad is it like compared to a normal thing Other that books. you would you, yeah like, like like your normal work with you know normal people uh and she said well there's probably about four or five times as many typos as there would normally be really? in a book this size yeah yeah yeah. i was quite proud of that
0: that's <laughs> yeah, definitely one that's uh <laughs> you know wouldn't be to take to the grave i guess but like i can't believe i just assume that everything is perfect when it goes to print like you know um if you are telling me there's four or five times more that means that in most books there's one yeah. or two
2: oh
1: of course there, i mean like the yeah. yeah there's loads of books that have got typos They've got and, massive and, and you're yeah you're reliant basically on um on, on on the sub editor and on your publisher for picking it up but my i you know yeah there's not too so much, for much though. People can... Oh, what we well, <laughs> were, yeah, we're just talking get your about
0: the chat, chat gbt <laughs> um is that the name of the, the the new ai that we're all um chat gbt I they google in real time I think that's no, what it's not chat uh, cbp it's not chat gbt uh no what's it called chat cpt
1: i mean uh, they didn't yeah. call- they didn't give it a verb, did they?
0: Um, <laughs> as you can see, I'm I'm not really into the whole kind of AI thing too much. Like every now and then, I just kind of go, "Wow," and then I continue with <laughs> <up> my life. <laughs> that's that's kind of where my extent goes. I think that's but, where
1: most people's extent of interest. Not Sarah in it, Drummond. Apart apart
0: Sarah of, Drummond ends up on US TV talking about um, AI.
1: <laughs> do you know what? My brother-in-law was was uh, watching CNN. He was like. Sarah on the telly. What's she doing on the telly? Because <laughs> they're in San Francisco, and uh, she didn't know it was going to be on the TV. She thought it was going to be just a podcast. So really, um, yeah. But what I love about it is that she just developed this amazing Cockney accent for the entire time. I think she ends up like her her sort of mic drop moment at the end is like, yeah, yeah, AI. You got to be careful, but it's like, well, sick. <laughs>
0: They, they, I haven't seen, the, I've just seen the screen grabs
1: pretty, Give it a watch, if you're used to Sarah Drummond's Scottish dulcet tones, you'll be uh, surprised that she sounds a bit like oh. a sort of uh, yeah, M- M- Mary Poppins, <laughs> who's been living in Deptford for a while
0: <laughs> I can't imagine Sarah adopting uh, a Devon accent in the future though
1: I don't think it's going to happen
0: <laughs> no. Give us the, it give might us the do. What What is a, a true Devon accent actually? Oh
1: Gosh. come on hit me um hello <laughs> um I mean your classic Devon phrases right if yeah. I say uh, uh well you, you tell me rice, yeah, that is. But, really, that, that's from Somerset mate yeah. <laughs> it's a <the> wrong bit <laughs> so so if you said right I'm like if you want to buy a birthday card go down to this shop on the high street and I'd say Where's that to? Basically. like That would be like a classic sort of... Where's Devon that to? Where, well, where's that to? Um, or... Wow. Um, gosh. Pretty How old English. English? Almost. It's, it's, pretty, it's, it's proper It's proper old English. Or like, there is one word that I basically still have that's a Devon-like accent. And it, every, every part of my accent is completely gone otherwise. But it's yeah. the word won't. So rather than Walt. saying... Yeah, rather than saying won't, which I think most people would expect me yeah. to say. I the rest do of my that. I basically say won't. Want. Won't. <laughs> so like, like with a really rounded O, like a won't. Oh, won't. <laughs> <No.
0: laughs> yeah. You heard it here, folks.
1: Heard it here first. Yeah. We've also got a special word for uh, when it's getting dark. Dimpsy. It's getting dimpsy.
0: Really? Uh, like and, twilight? Yeah, good enough yeah tw-
1: twilight. Yeah, yeah. Dusk? And uh, dust. Du- no, no, Dimpsy is getting Dimpsy. Dimpsy. Dimpsy Yeah. If there is rain and also mist at the same time, uh, it's a mizzle. Mm. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> Which I there's didn't. a lot of.
0: I've been down. Um, down. <laughs> I've without been, any. <laughs> yeah, without any. I've been down in um, Exeter before at a wedding maybe 20 something years ago and to my surprise I remember at that time I was going out with somebody who whose parents were really Catholic I mean how Catholic you might ask if like it was Catholic. if it was a sport if if Catholic Catholicism was a sport they were the world champions <laughs> okay <laughs> and um I remember saying well, we need to go to mass on the Sunday and I was like oh come on i'm hungover there's no way i'm going to mass and they go it's at book abbey and i'm like i am no. getting dressed right now and we had i went to mass and the entire time i was like do they serve book fast in Bookfast abbey that's all i wanted i, I, I stopped the priest yes together. they do and they go yeah <laughs> we do and i was like could not get out of it i was like bookie has made a presence 14 year old jerry would have been so proud
1: <laughs> oh my god that's so funny do you know what i've got i i i got my own buckfast story Go uh, on. i took i took sarah to uh buckfast abbey as like a trip
0: <laughs> which is probably like a, a pilgrimage for uh, basically uh, that's yeah
1: that's what i was thinking you've got like you know someone from scotland who you know is in a relationship with someone from from devon careful like you know Starry we are united are by,
0: yeah
1: but you know i my 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 country is the producer of the the national drink of Ooh. scotland
0: iron brew I think is the, is the national drink
1: all right the daytime national drink is iron brew the evening <laughs> national drink is buckfast <laughs>
0: I'm not not laughing at that joke. I'm not with it. I'm at it. Um, (laughs) Okay,
1: Jerry separated himself from the aspersions of Buckfast drinking.
0: But but you
1: know what? In in Devon, Buckfast is just a tonic wine. Like it's something that old people drink. So we went to Buckfast Abbey, and uh, like we're trying to like wander our way around, like see what's going on, and we see this monk like disappearing. Into the bushes, <laughs> yeah, no, legit into a bush. <laughs>
2: really? And so we you followed him. I yeah, was a yeah, ghost. yeah.
1: We see, well, no, well, turned out it was not quite as interesting. But at the oh. back of Buckfast Abbey is where they produce all of the Buckfast.
0: Hmm. And if you look at the nuns, make it, I on, think, um,
1: I, I, don't know, I don't know. The
0: nuns used to make it, that's
1: it. awfully patriarchal. The, the no, but I
0: think, I think <laughs> the
1: monks run the abbey, the nuns make it, yeah, <laughs> I
0: think it was like. There you go, sister, in there at the great. Yeah, yeah. Get to <laughs> Got work. A stamp on that. <laughs> get to work. Get those shoes off. Get those little echo shoes off off your feet and start jumping up and down. In those feet.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, if you look on Google Earth, you can see basically the massive, great big green aircraft hangar that's been hidden around really? the back. And this monk was basically going in with a straw. The- the factory, basically I assume yeah. he's got some sort of food safe Covering for his habit yeah. um, But we tried to ask in the shop Like, do you make it on site? And legit, as soon as Sarah like opened her mouth with her Scottish accent, I almost felt like the Alarm bells had gone off Because of course they are constantly denying That they are in any way responsible for You know, Alcoholism. the huge amount Yeah, well, yeah, producing a Sugary, caffeinated, highly addictive <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, very very strong very cheap alcohol that's consumed not by you know little old ladies uh, who need a, a tonic but by uh, <laughs> by vast majorities of people well,
0: I tell you what it, it might might only the stigma might only last around or limit itself to Ireland and in the UK for people in Australia and America basically book fast in Australia it's goon Okay, it's similar to goon which is wine in a bag you don't know if you know if you've been to Australia yeah, 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 you can get yeah. wine in a bag and all my friends in Australia used to say to me, "It's great. It doubles as a really strong uh, alcohol drink, and then you blow it up, and you have a little cushion for when you fall asleep in the park."
1: Yeah, and I'm like, "Wow, sensible. that's
0: proper design. Like that's yeah, that's all we'll you."
1: you can strap it to yourself in a festival and get through the gates and no one know that you've got it there <laughs> it's a say just a tip i've never done it
0: <laughs> we don't want to be promoting um this kind of <laughs> level of alcohol abuse but basically no. um i don't know what the equivalent is in america i'm sure the the americans definitely have something similar like maybe it might be wine in a carton or something but book fast i'm sorry if <laughs> there's anyone from that area of the uk other than lou here but book fast is rancid <laughs> it is i remember when i first year of my industrial design degree was in limerick and i remember the christmas party i went to river island and oh, i bought this yes. i bought a nice shirt nice shirt <laughs> nice, this is my going out shirt and little did i know that that bag later on was going to have a double uh, a double job to do in catching my vomit because the oh. the, the book fast was it was just so strong I took it, it, anyone knows it's one of these it just catches up with you it's like mm. and I remember being so ill and after that I was I remember I had the bottle still in my room and I was like you're evil it's like it was, it was <laughs> having having a go at me but it's something that I um can't say that I'm a fond of but I think Sarah messaged me and said that they were a book for Astabi or something or I'd yeah. seen that. and they were so excited about it <laughs>
1: She, like... loved it. she loved it we also found a uh and i i, I will caveat the story fully abandoned uh buck firstly abby uh vis jacket uh in I... the car park like sort did of uh, in it like in a puddle clearly someone had abandoned it i was gonna just put that out there we did you not steal a... it we well in devon we we scrumped it uh
0: <laughs> here we go again. As, as we say <laughs> It's like it's 2022 meets it's 1801.
1: <laughs> it's a grey area. It's anyway, dangerous. we still have it—a high-fizz jacket with with basically the Buckfast logo on the back, and it's, I think, one of her proudest possessions.
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's hanging up in the wardrobe. So yeah, let's let's talk about Christmas. Do you celebrate Christmas?
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, try to. Um. <laughs>
0: In big style, DJ DJ Drummond style. Yeah. What, what does uh, Christmas mean to you?
1: What does Christmas mean to me? Um That is a that's a really good question, Joe. What does Christmas mean to me? Um I mean, I'm not really from a religious family, but I suppose being being a, a bit of a fundamentalist about meaning in general, having hmm. gone to art college for four years. Uh, I suppose to me, Christi- uh, Christmas is a Christian Christmas thing. Festival? Christian, it's a Christian like it's a celebration of Christ, the birth of a yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: um, but I don't know. For me, the last couple of years, actually, I've I've since celebrated Winter Solstice uh, instead mm. of Christmas, which is a couple of days beforehand. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. I I love nature and I love gardening and. Uh for me it feels like a really actually like a really meaningful time. It's 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 the end of one growing season and the beginning mm. of the next and it signals the yeah. sort of the darkest part of the year. And yeah, I don't know, Christmas Christmas and New Year's is always kinda of when I end up doing a lot of reflection and thinking.
0: Uh I mean yeah. it's not that long ago, really, without like going too deep into it, like but paganism and shamanism Uh, shamanic symbols in in our culture in ireland lived and it was like around us and it wasn't seen as a oh my god what's he talking about here now he's talking about paganism and you know shamanism and um shamanic you know rituals But when you look into those um kind of belief systems they're aligned to what you just said you know really Mm -hmm. respecting the earth and you know not taking too much from the earth and really considering what we're talking about here and um i've got i'm pretty agnostic to to religion these days folks um so like yourself it's it's really about connecting and reflecting and you know there is a a time of the year where you sit back and just reflect i think is probably how i would see christmas um christmas to be for for me like you know what was it like as as growing up in exeter um what was christmas like was it a, a big snowy thing or is it a kind of big family tell us what it was like
1: yeah I, it, it wasn't snowy because uh, west country
0: yeah.
2: Don't get snow <laughs> occasionally yeah
1: of, yeah like well, i can probably count on one hand the amount of times we had snow at christmas but um our christmases are always a bit weird in the um so i've got one sister and uh she lives in san francisco yeah so she lives in san francisco now yep. um which is very exciting she's coming back for the first time in three years since the pandemic uh this year so right. i'm super excited that she's coming driving back.
2: home for christmas
1: driving <laughs> home on a massive airplane yeah. um yeah so so that's exciting this year but um for pretty much my entire life we've acquired lots of weird christmas traditions so every christmas we almost seem to have this kind of like uh darwinian moment of like the survival of the fittest like yeah. uh, tradition <laughs> that gets to survive to the next year um so there's the there's carol singing um usually right. um my dad with has your family yeah with my family let's give a big shout out
0: to your family like because because and Steve I've never met you Trish and Steve but um I think I've I think I've actually messaged Trish saying I love you I think you might
1: have done she
2: appreciates it it. she loves chatting to you on Instagram you
0: too Jerry (laughs) (laughs) but your parents seem they seem really cool like they actually like you know without having met them like on the face of it um tell us like if you're doing carol singing and stuff there are are they they traditional in that sense
1: uh well they are apart from uh the the sort of slightly weird songs that that get added to it so uh the 12 days of Christmas usually involves basically like escalating pitch to the point where no one can actually sing it anymore <laughs> and by the way th- this is all done outside as well like we do a tour of the village um to the neighbours oh. and they don't get a choice about this like this is, again, knocking this door, is like, yeah
0: like oh it's yeah, the dance it's it's the the again yeah. <laughs> Oh look, Lou is back. They've got their book yeah. with them as well. You might like yeah, a yeah. copy of my good services book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you, about,
1: you know, uh, mince pies as verbs, maybe.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Tell> <laughs> yeah, what, but I'm they have a hard
0: bargain, I do three I know. for one. <laughs>
1: But there's also outfits that go along with this carol singing uh, really? of which my dad's is the best. He has a, so he used to be a health and safety inspector at a school, so right. health and safety is his thing. He's We're going back to high jackets again here, but yeah. he's got his own padded high jacket and a white hard hat. And on top of the white hard hat, he's attached a white deer, like a little, like a deer with antlers <laughs> that has got a little flushing nose. <laughs> So he right. he does his carol singing in his high-vis jacket and hard hat with the deer attached to the top. <laughs> I usually take the wings uh and some sort of David Bowie makeup. Uh Sarah Sarah normally just, you know, finds a bit of tinsel and tries to hide at the back. That's
0: a paper bag. <laughs> <Look> fast.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Um,
0: it sounds like a like a modern version of uh Love actually it's a uh, walk around the village like there's a like a subplot within love actually where you're walking around knocking on the doors um is is it it sounds really quintessential uh down there is it like very traditional in what we'd imagine old england to be you're still there <laughs> i'm still here sorry you were saying it's a subplot of love, love actually there's, there's two news on the screen and um, I'm not sure why <laughs> this is, but and then there's only one loom two for one. one. <laughs> it's the internet having a laugh at So let's talk about um, the School of Good Services. Okay, so you've been you've been doing this for a while. Like it's like because we we collaborated a bit, um, but School of Good Services now is no longer just doing good services training. You're doing other services training tell us tell us what the plans are at the moment give us a plug there
1: Uh, well i mean going (laughs) going back to our previous conversation about christmas uh there'll be a lots of reflection on it over over christmas and thinking about what we do next but um yeah i mean it's been a big year for us this year um the the school of good services has become a school so it's gone from being uh, Lou delivers some training about a book that they wrote um, to actually a, a an organisation. Um, Sarah's joined as a director, so she started delivering training as well, which is super exciting. And yeah, the, the the training that we we started to deliver has sort of expanded into, I guess, kind of two different directions. There's the the sort of training and support for user centered design professionals to help them to work in big, complex environments and on difficult services with difficult stakeholders. So things like uh, how do you write business cases for service design and how do you negotiate with stakeholders and all of that really important stuff. And then the other side of it, uh, which is equally as important, is the bit where we train organisations in how to work with user-centered designers uh, and what does that look like and how do we work in an agile way and how do we understand what we do as services in the first place uh, so yeah. we do a lot of training with people in HR and finance in executive teams um, all sorts of different organizations and backgrounds yes. just helping them to understand that which is super exciting. I know but just serious
0: you saying user-centered design.
1: Yeah as opposed to
0: Design. human
1: sensor. oh oh I was not on brand I'm sorry
0: no 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 <laughs> in terms of like user uh, I, I have a small hang up on that one
1: yeah yeah. okay
0: it's not small it's probably medium size at this stage yeah but I
1: feel like it's large
0: <laughs> it's quite okay it's bigger than I said uh, I'm I'm embarrassedly ashamed of it I'm going to take it out of the closet and just look at it Um, just user for me when I was growing up it always had like he's a user and it, it sort of dehumanizes the uh, mm. experience. Is that yeah, is that yeah. a conscious thing, Um, calling it user-centered design? Or is that just coming from the the sort of the customer base, saying we want to learn about user-centered design?
1: Yeah, uh, it's a good question. I mean, it's one that, yeah, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about because this is a hmm. topic that came up a lot. Um, like language
0: is so important, as we know. Like it's I
1: mean, Yeah, absolutely. I think mean, we're Judy and, on that one. I totally get why why people have problems with the word "user" because it is, assu- well, a assuming that that person is a user of your service or the thing yeah. in the first place, of which they may not be, and actually yeah. thinking about the people who don't use the thing that we're doing is D-design as important. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not 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 just people who who are actively either avoiding or don't use the the service Who should be, but also people who are affected by it as well. You know, wider ecosystem, people, society, the planet, et cetera. Um, But the reason why I use it is because um, it is probably the best of a bad selection. (laughs) And it's the one that most most organizations understand and most organizations will use. And, it's certainly better than customer. <laughs> uh, it's certainly better than citizen, um, uh, or any of the other highly subjective kind of words that industry specific. So in in when I was uh, in museums, uh, when I was working at the Tate, we used to use viewers um, uh, or patrons, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: which is very odd. Yeah, yeah patrons is, is is a strange one, but but I think the thing is we we all have. Those special words to describe the people that we interact with who are not ourselves yeah. and it's not really necessarily the word that matters it's how you treat those people if you're going to other them if you're going to make them into a different category of human to, that's different mm. to you then that that's a more endemic problem that goes beyond just the use of a word it's it's your connection with those people and how much you're actually empathizing with them how much you see them as other humans
0: it's the whole yeah i mean language is so important um, and it's I try to understand the intent behind it hence why I was asking that question like where is it coming from and if mm. it can be justified and rationalized in an empathetic way then I, I'm disarmed I'm, I'm okay fair enough it's it's been given some thought it's not just we're walking like zombies around saying these words without any intent behind it that's where I kind mm. of saying okay well that's 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 when you're off the hook Lou so um but generally i find organizations (laughs) that i've worked with they interchange it and they don't really think about it too much um especially when it comes to customers i'm 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 looking at the customer journey and it includes all these variances of different types of people i'm like okay well if you can't be that focused on your language i'm starting to question how focused this really is from Mm. your service perspective
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It also, I think, the thing is that the word "user" actually forces some quite interesting questions, like us, we're like we're to having to now, yeah, 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 and about like who the user actually is. Because if I think sometimes if you make something too generic, you say it's human centered design, they go, "Well, oh, 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 who are these humans?" Yeah. <laughs> um, and, whereas, and 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 you can pick any, you can replace any word. Words are just. Human centered design, really life centered design, right? yeah.
0: Well, life centered design, is yeah, different yeah. Part. I mean, like people yeah. do. I, I I get emails. Like people, I'm not going to name anyone, but people get me emails and say, "Why have you called a human-centred design, not life-centred design?" I'm like, "Listen, like I know about this. It's it's very it's very rare." I'm going to get an email kind of saying, mm. "I've thought about it," but at the time, <clears throat> it was this is HCD came about uh, as a sort of a response to where the industry was going at that stage, where it was just all about user experience, service, design. Mm. and I'm like, okay, well, what underpins this is the the ethical side of things and the human-centered design aspect kind of is is sort of a – it's like a blanket that covers a lot of that stuff that I found. And that's why I I called it This is Human-Centered Design. I create these conversations around these topics. Having these conversations, Mm -hmm. it's not about defining and saying, hey, Lou – um you're wrong on that uh that's for twitter i leave that stuff for twitter where people go on and just <laughs> i'm right and you're wrong and that's just the way it is okay this is not going to happen and this is hate folks it's just about having conversations and talking about these things getting different perspectives yeah. and having a continuum.
1: and if you disagree
0: yeah.
1: email jerry which
0: <laughs> never disagree with me and don't send me any emails i love getting emails but i'm just saying like you know there's there's lots of different ways to to slice this one. yeah
1: yeah and i i get it and 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 the word user i think you know particularly depending on your background and the context like i get it you know to me the word user is is someone who is extractive in in various different ways like in a relationship uh in in their interaction with other people they they are like you say they're they're a user yeah um it's not you know if you if you detach that word from user-centered design it becomes uh yeah it's not it doesn't have particularly positive connotations so i i totally get it but i am quite pragmatic about words i will use the words that make sense to people and then try and help them understand what what they mean
0: here's here's a question (laughs) for you and I don't think you've been asked this one before. Um, mm. what was there 15 principles from recollection in your book? Mm-hmm. You must have had ideas for 16, 17, 18 and 19. <laughs> must have. Because I Mark. I remember years ago, uh, I interviewed Mark for the first time on, on this, on Mark Stickdorn. Okay. And Mark had five killer principles for something and then the next time we spoke i think we did workshop and he was like i'm up to six <laughs> and then we we were doing a workshop together and i said well i actually have got seven and you know we just morphed it so it's not like the 10 commandments where it can only stay at 10 like i think Dideram has 10 there's a Dideram book you're you yeah. can double check that should know this but you must have had ideas for 16 17 18 19, 20 at this stage do you want to do you want to talk about it?
1: I it's mean, an it's an interesting proposition that I must have had thoughts about the other ones. Um, I actually haven't. No. I genuinely have you think, you think haven't, it's, no, it's finished. No, no, no. You have the
0: fifteen, you, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like that's an awfully arrogant thing to say, isn't it? And and I'm sure there are. I mean, I absolutely have had conversations with people where they've said we need to think about this other thing. And that's not included in, in um, the 15 principles, but the point, fo- the point of the 15 principles is, that isn't that they're exhaustive. Yeah. It's that they are, they're the common ground between pretty much every service, regardless of the sector yeah. or public or private sector. So they apply to every service. And I think if you start to, some of the ones that have kind of crossed my path before, uh, they're they're specific to healthcare, or they're specific Probably to true, an internal yeah. service, or they're specific to yeah Amazon, but they they wouldn't apply to everything. So yeah, and and actually, they, I mean, the fifteen principles not a lot of people know the history of them that they didn't start with just me yeah <laughs> um they actually started as a series uh i think of about 20 workshops that we did uh back when i was at government digital service uh, oh, okay. across government with people and it was actually part of a, a a training exercise for senior civil servants and it was one of the exercises trying that, to know, define when you're running workshops yeah you know you sort of bung in a you know and a workshop exercise for people to kind of bond. Yeah. <laughs> and this was one of those bonding exercises that we we sort of put in there and we, we didn't necessarily give it to su- super of thought. But it was after kind of two or three of these that patterns started to emerge actually between what people were saying about their services mm. that it got really really interesting and I, I sort of wrote them up and just was like well it's, it's about I think at that stage it was about 12. Mm. <laughs> um and then uh sort of t- you know tweeted about the
0: what about the Google
1: Doc? Uh, anyway, as I was saying, yeah, that Google Doc uh, acquired like thousands of comments from people around the world. And so, some of which uh, were hugely valuable and amazing. Uh, some of which uh, were basically people writing their shopping lists. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's an open Google Doc, isn't it? You know, it's basically like a, a, a sort of cul-de-sac of thoughts that people will just dump on the internet just dumping yeah in and saying yeah sort of store yeah. and
0: out yourself like the collector
1: in a washing machine you know just collecting all this stuff on the internet um yeah so so it, it, it hasn't really evolved very much since then and, and two years of delivering training and i i think it is actually you know it's never um, we've we talked about lots of things that are service specific in in training over the last couple of years and and had some really great discussions about it. But but no, there's never been a there's never been a real lasting contender for a sixteenth, unless I mean that's a challenge, uh, a Christmas challenge.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> is there a sixteen? Well, we're looking at
0: <laughs> there. You go, folks. You heard it right first here. Challenge accepted. <laughs> um, your chat, GP, uh, chat CPT. Um, we were looking at that and talking about it um, last night. I don't know, uh, I was messaging you about some stuff. And I don't know if you know Brennan Brendan does. I Brendan do, does, yeah. has been on the podcast before. Um, and Brendan does incredible work. Mm. Like he's, he's, he's an artist, okay, as well, like in, in his own words. And someone tweeted, do you think chat cpt is going to be able to um replace screenwriters um for netflix and brandon was straight at 100 yes he said like it's it's going to get to that point where they'll be able to create like the equivalent of a squid game script and mm-hmm. produce it how do you see all of this playing out and is that the 16th Or do you feel like it's been included already in the 15 that might have covered that? Because there's an unknown how all of these things are going to come together.
1: I think you're right. I mean, what, what I think is missing from those 15 principles is, um, it is an explicit kind of requirement or, or thought process Mm. or something around, uh, the ethics of what you're doing. Um, you know, the, yeah. it's, a, it's covered a little bit in the principle about decision-making and about transparency of decision-making. And that actually has come up quite a lot in a lot of recent conversations with organizations that do have a lot of alternative yeah. decision-making is how do they make that ethical, mm. transparent work in a way that gives people more power and control and agency over their lives rather than less. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but AI goes beyond decision-making, doesn't it? Because it's, it's a creative process. And um yeah it could have a, a massive impact on our lives, but ultimately it has a massive impact on our lives because it's a version of ourselves um and you know we're not perfect you know we we have biases <laughs> uh, and and thoughts that you know are not uh beneficial to everyone in society so that's what we end up making and I think what what's really troubling actually about about it is more just um I suppose the fact that it it will it will just fall into the same processes that everything else falls into, right? Like, and we're not we're not going to deconstruct, yeah. you know, capitalism, uh, so that AI can be more right, ethical. Of <laughs> but for for, for know. you know, I think a lot of the critiques about AI are actually critiques about. The way that the world works about the way that money works and the way, yeah. the, way the capitalism works and i think it's it's our it, yeah it's, it's forcing break, yeah. those questions i think but a point where we're probably all a bit tired
0: we're not equipped <laughs> yeah.
1: Are yeah we're not equipped and and yeah. you know we've cool. got a society that's gone through a lot recently global pandemics and wars you know lot of, groups yeah. of people
0: I give you I give you a small scenario of how ill-equipped we are I, I had a had a really interesting um encounter with an an embassy yesterday where I was in in the city most people will know I'm dual citizen I'm Australian and Irish I'm not gonna to name this embassy okay but I'll say it's not the Irish <laughs> embassy
1: <laughs> but it could be any embassy folks that Jerry just wandered into
0: <laughs> just it could be any of them in around Stephen's green and um, I was like okay I need need to get renew renew my passport and uh, I got an email six months out and I'm like oh you, you stylish people I love the fact that you've reminded me this is fantastic I clicked in the link and I said you know complete the form here and I was like oh yeah I know what you're gonna do come on impress me you're gonna say just put the credit card in with a photo come on you can do it and like, after 20 minutes of completing this, they going kind to of go, Thank you very much. Here's your downloadable PDF, please bring it to your nearest embassy. And I'm like, huh? You're joking. <laughs> and I'm like, Well, have to go print it out, have to do all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, Okay, well, oh, I sat on my desk for six months. Okay, and I'm like, Oh, I mean, you're lucky like, you've got a printer. Yeah, I was like, I'm not.
1: <laughs> like, most people will have fallen at the
0: yeah, first like,
2: title.
0: <laughs> so I was like, Okay, and I went in, uh, you know, I said, Okay, parked christmas you know i've of course this is when i get a bit of a breather this time of year um and walked over and i was looking forward to you know seeing some aussies like you know i was like okay here we oh i said who it was oh Oh, no no. anyway (laughs) struth mate anyway i am i rock into the uh the the lobby and i'm like hey floor three is it for the MC? they go oh you're not loud up and i'm like what I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a citizen. Like I'm, I, I need to see the, you know, I need to go up to the embassy. And I'm like, do you have an appointment? And I go, no one told me I needed to make an appointment. <laughs> and they're like, um, you know, and we all know that service designers are the mm-hmm. worst critiques when this stuff happens. We like
1: <laughs> deep breath. <laughs> Let me explain to you.
2: Yeah, like,
0: <laughs> You've moved me channels. Okay. You've moved me from the digital realm and I'm here now. <laughs> You're telling me I shall not pass, <laughs> and um, they're like, "Okay." Well, I said, "Well, what am I going to do?" And they go, "Well, just just leave your form here." I said, "I'm not leaving all my personal data on this on this desk, like you know." And they said, "Okay, well, you can call them." I said, "Oh, another channel? Great. Okay, give me. Do you have the number?" And they go, "Yeah." And they get they they put their hand into the drawer and took out a little slip of paper which they'd obviously been producing and cutting up because this is a repeated task. <laughs> they go, there's your little slip of paper with the number. And I'm like, all right, so what do you want me to do? And they go, just call the number. So ring up the number and they go, welcome to the Australian Embassy of Ireland. Like, um, you know, please dial one if you're, if if it's related to visa, please two, if it's related to passport. And I go, beep, two. And they go, ding, 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 music comes on. And they're like, hello? And I go, hi, I'm downstairs. I said, "Uh, I've got a passport application that um, I need to, Need to get through, like you know, how, how do I do it? And they go, "Oh, I'll just give it to the people downstairs." I'm, I'm actually nervous telling this story because I actually want my passport. And if they ever, <laughs> the it, is a, a dwindling. They're going to black me. I'll walk into Sydney in a few years, and they'll be like, "Special you, condition." You've listened to your podcast. <clears throat> yeah. Assume the position. Rub a glove. Um. Yeah, I'm like, no. <laughs> At least warm your hands. But basically, uh, I said to them, how am I going to pay for the passport? And they said, I'll just write your credit card details on the the piece of paper and leave it there. I'm like, honestly, I said, I don't think that's a good idea. I said, that's that's really sensitive information. And I said, so they're like, oh, yeah, Um, just write your number on your mobile number and we'll, we'll, we'll call you. And I'm like, can you not just come down and take it from me? Like I said, and have a conversation. No, can't do that. Went over and I said to the, the person behind the desk, can you just give me an envelope and put this in? And they said, do you want a piece of paper to write your cover letter? And I'm like, I don't believe this is happening. <laughs> I'm like, I said, oh, really? I said, so I was like, dear, dear people.
2: <laughs> dear Australia.
0: Here's my, passport. <laughs> here's my passport with my sensitive information and uh, call me so I can pay? <laughs> Question mark lots of love jerry <laughs> ps i'm going to talk about it on the podcast <laughs> oh my god so when you hear those stories right we like to think that that's oh that's that's a crazy story i i don't think that you is know, a crazy story morning. i still think that's,
1: that's most services. this
0: is this is where yeah. we're at folks but this is
1: you know and a small small plug for the book here but this this is why i wrote a book because i was
2: furious furious okay <laughs>
1: good service by the way can't miss it it's bright orange um yeah because basically most services are still struggling with those really really basic things of how do you how do do people actually get to the outcome they're trying to get to in the first place and we can spend all of this time talking about you know whatever new Hmm. technology that's kind of coming across our desks or you know, all of these other exciting things about it. But if we can't issue bills, and if we can't let people know when they need an appointment, or we can't give people a proper price,
0: <laughs> then. But do you know what really annoys me? It was like the, the, someone obviously had a conversation and was like, do you know what? It would be really good if we notified them six months out and um allowed them to do this. And yeah, so it's kind of yeah. like. Well, I'm going to start working on that on Thursday. And they finished the job at 11 o'clock in the morning and they kind of go, I'll come back to it. <laughs> and that's where it feels like it was like, I was like, OK, there was an intent. And that's almost more annoying for me because I'm like. I liked the reminder bit, but now you've just annoyed me and it just got worse and worse yeah, and worse. Yeah. And obviously, if anyone is listening from the Australian Embassy in Ireland, I love you. <laughs> Please can I have my passport? Don't. Please can I have my passport? <laughs> I do love Australia. <laughs> I have I have equal love for Australia and Ireland. Um, I I even shouted for Australia in in the World Cup. Okay, so really, just let really me know digging in there for that now. passport.
1: <laughs> and yeah, also, you know, if you need to, need a hand with your service design, uh, you know, Jerry Jerry's here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't though. This is the thing. Like Australia, ha- you know, I often speak about this. Australia has a very mature um industry over in australia mm. compared to several countries yeah. i can name and that's not me kind of coming back and saying in australia but the the australians don't realize i feel just how good they are okay that's they, they have a lot of really strong leadership there like you know um and there's some really positive stuff happening in government mm. over there like they, they yeah, really absolutely. really broad conversation i I was working all the way up to the top in new south wales and um i was really surprised at how often conversations were happening around service design and obviously now around co-design um it's at the victorian and the new south wales um legislation there and there's it's 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 one Mm -hmm. of the, the byproducts of some of the royal commissions out there I wish it could happen more, but unfortunately there's a, I do have a fail button on my on my soundboard here. I'm not gonna do it, but that's uh that's my Australian embassy story from, from yesterday. <laughs> so it's uh it's not, not sore. It's not. No, no, it's not you, sore. You,
1: you you forgive easily. I don't. didn't
0: stay awake all night <laughs> thinking about it. And I didn't do a journey map on no. it either that I, I thought might be good to share with <laughs> Next them time on their twitter (laughs) yeah could you imagine i rocking to get my password and they go what's that big tube i'm like i'm glad you've asked it's ao and i'm gonna put it up it's the customer journey of my experience (laughs) (laughs) i've often felt like doing that have you ever Just felt like aggressively, you know, offering yeah. your services?
1: Do, do you know what? I, yeah, I, sure. I haven't, but I know of quite a lot of people, because obviously I'm, I'm monitoring the School of Good Services Twitter feed uh, and my own. Uh, yeah. And I do see it with reference to the fact that basically they should read the book. Uh, so I, I am aware that it gets used in anger quite a lot. And I am, I am here for that. <laughs> that is fine. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, look, I'm, I'm going to, we'll, we'll wrap this one up. Um, Lou, if people want to reach out um, and buy the book, what's the best place for them to, to buy good services and also to follow up on what you're going to be doing and stay, stay across all the updates for the, the school what's the place you want to direct them to yeah so
1: if you want to find out more about School of Good Services courses uh, we've got loads of new exciting ones coming up in the new year uh, particularly one around sustainable service design so keep an eye out for that Um, and lots of other courses uh, besides that but go to um, good.services that is the URL (laughs) .services Um, so you can find us there you can also find us at the School of Good on Twitter and find me at Lou Down um, and you can sign up for our mailing list
0: on living nice. services as well I'll put a link to all of those in the show notes folks uh, this is the last episode uh, before Christmas so thank you Lou for being so open and so honest about everything about your Christmas experience and what it was like um, <laughs> I'm catch Santa up with in the new, new York, this year yeah
2: see you in the new year Jerry make your list and check it twice I'll leave you a note right here underneath the Christmas lights carols and bells none of them help I still feel blue I just Need a fancy watch? You can give the elves a break. No, you can't make it in the shop. And you can't put it on your sleigh. You know me so well nobody else can do what you do. I just wanna fall in love this Christmas. I-